You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards Nagel, and Taylor Polendo. Everyone is in the middle of a life story, and your story is being shaped by what you say yes to and what you say no to. This is how Sari Gilman began her TED Talk about boundaries. Think about it. What we say yes to is what we let into our lives, and what we say no to is what we keep out. Are you tired of people walking all over you? Do you feel overwhelmed or exhausted? Do you say yes to people, commitments, and events more than you want? There's a popular saying, whatever you're willing to put up with is exactly what you'll have. When I hear someone say they're overworked or allowing the children to walk all over me or feel taken advantage of, these sound like boundary issues. Once I had a part-time job that ended up really being a full-time job, but the catch was I wasn't compensated with any additional money for extra hours I was putting in. My uncompensated time left me feeling drained, underappreciated, used. I found out that kind of living was not sustainable for me. I had failed to put up a boundary. Brene Brown says that when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. What are your emotional warning signs? How do you know if you need to establish a boundary? Wilding says that her rule of thumb is, quote, if you feel one of three emotions, guilt, shame, or resentment, it's a sign that a boundary needs to be set, unquote. It's those emotions that give us a clue about what's not working. Wilding says that boundaryless living is dangerous because, in her words, each time you say yes when you mean no or hold back when you really want to speak up, you lose a bit of credibility with yourself and self-trust along with it. Losing credibility with yourself seems like a very high price to pay in order to keep everybody happy. But the more we do it, the more we pay that price at our own expense. The reality is that setting boundaries is vital for our own health and the relationships we care about. So let's look at four categories of boundaries. The first is material, possessions. This area is about the things in our lives. Here we define how possessions are treated, shared, and loaned out. Your roommate, for example, might regularly eat your food but not replace the food, or might borrow your clothes and return your clothes dirty. If you have negative feelings about this, it's a clue that you might need to set some boundaries. The second area is physical. This area is about boundaries that relate to our physical being and define how close people get to us, how or if they have permission to touch us, and where. People have different views on physical touch. The question is about managing what works for you. If your colleague at work touches you without permission, you may need a boundary. The third category is communication. This area is about how we relate to others, and it defines our conditions of our relationship including how and what information is shared and how the privacy is managed. Do you know someone who overshares with you or undershares with you? Sometimes people view us as their personal counselors. Setting boundaries in relational areas will help people know the limits that you need to keep you healthy. The last area is personal, and this area is about how we manage our personal time and energy. This is the area that defines our standards of availability to others. Do you have someone who expects you to text them back immediately? Or someone who is consistently late and wastes your personal time? Personal boundaries help us feel less taken advantage of by others. 
So this leads us to the question, how do you set a boundary? Dr. Nicole LaPerla, in her Beginner's Guide to Setting Boundaries, says we should follow three steps, create, state, and maintain. Now, in the create step, LaPerla suggests that we need to think about the why behind our boundary. Instead of yelling at someone when they cross our boundaries, this step suggests that you proactively prevent that from happening. The basic idea is we need to spend time understanding our needs in order to figure out the reason for the boundary. Say, for example, you have a friend who drops by your home and expects you to stop whatever you're doing and have a conversation. Instead of reacting negatively when that friend drops by unannounced, instead do some thinking about why that bothers you. After some thinking, you might identify the reason why it bothers you. And maybe your why is because it reduces your productivity and concentration doing your work. The key here is to do the preparation. But here's the key also. Don't spend time thinking about how inconsiderate the other person is to you. That's where you and I go wrong. Instead of thinking that, shift your focus to think about your needs. Boundary making isn't about blaming others or deciding how inconsiderate or insensitive they are. So don't focus on that. Boundaries are about responsibility and your needs. The second step is to state your boundary. Make your boundary clear to the other party. I would suggest that you even rehearse the boundary by either writing it down or orally rehearsing it by saying it aloud, especially if you believe the other party won't like the boundary. In my friend example, you might say, I'm not able to have unexpected conversations with you during work hours, so I need you only to drop by my house on the weekends. As you state the boundary, be prepared for a reaction. Expect it. Remember, this is not about judging other people. It's about communicating my needs for self-care. So you're not announcing that the person's behavior is wrong. You're stating that the behavior is wrong for you. Think about that. You're not judging other people. You're helping other people treat you better. The third step is maintain. When you communicate a new boundary to someone, expect a reaction from the other party. Many people test our stated boundaries. So the other person might argue or complain or play the victim. But LaPerla says don't respond, or at least don't respond immediately. Another key is to refrain from sending any signals that you don't really mean your boundary. So don't say, well, I guess it's fine for you to drop by once in a while. This will undermine your boundary and open the door for additional issues. You mean it. You don't have to apologize for it, and you don't have to feel guilty. So stick to your boundary. Maintain it. And overall, try to remember that someone else's reaction doesn't determine the worthiness of your boundary. No, your boundary is worthy because you decided it is. Now, in my experience, it's also important to think about the delivery of your boundaries. Use a calm tone. It's more convincing. It also better reflects the certainty of your boundary. Generally, we shouldn't be yelling our boundaries at anybody. Instead, we need to go through the steps. Remember, you can control how you state the boundary, but you cannot control someone's reaction to it. Think also about timing. What's the best time to communicate this boundary? If you're truly being proactive in your boundary setting, include thinking about the best time and place to communicate this boundary, and that will help everyone. Hmm. Personal time and energy feels like a tangled mess to me, which you hit me in the heart (laughs) with the um, availability and reminded me of that high accessibility. High accessibility stress, yes. But the this one's a big one though the personal time and energy. Yes. This one's a big one for me using my personal time. Now, part of that is that I'm a busy person. 
So very irritating to go to the doctors a month ago and wait an hour and 15 minutes to be called into the room. <sighs> wow. I was not happy about that. And the doctor said, oh yeah, things happen kind of like that. And I was pretty mad. Oh, wow. And it wasn't an emergency or anything. I felt very disrespected. And for me, the using my personal time, I really dislike that. I totally agree. And I was thinking to what you said about attaching meaning to someone's actions, because I do this a lot when people are late. This, I think, is what I'm going to work on. In college, I used to carpool with my brothers, and they didn't want to leave at the same time I wanted to leave. But I attached so much meaning to that. I was like, you don't care about what I care about. You don't value me as a sister. You don't respect me. Almost down to like, you don't love me. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, it doesn't mean any mm -hmm. of that. It just means that I don't want to get up 15 minutes earlier and leave early. <laughs> so I feel like that will be my challenge to not attach meaning to someone's actions because we don't really know. Meredith, you can speak on the other side of things as our resident late person. <laughs> Damn, that was really cold. That hurt. That hurt. I'm not going to lie. That hurt. If I said I feel really re disrespected, would you say like, oh, well, me being late has nothing to do with how I respect you? Would you attach that meaning? No, I get really emotional about being late because I respect people's time. Hmm. But I feel like by being late, it shows that I don't. And I hate that. Yeah. Say you were late to something. If I took that meaning that you don't respect me, it's completely the opposite because you do really respect people's time. Yeah, and I think it sometimes it depends, like the event or someone's response. For example, oh, I had to uh, refinance on my house recently, and this lady had like an hour window to get to my house, but I'm working from home, so it doesn't really matter. And she was 30 minutes after the whole hour she was supposed to be here. You could tell she was like in a rush and was feeling bad. But I was like, honestly, like I work from home, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I think it really depends the circumstance that you're in. Mm -hmm. If there's reservations or you have an appointment. I could not be late for a doctor's appointment. I would lose my mind. But then if I had to wait an hour, I'd lose my mind even more. <laughs> Time feels like a big one to me because it feels like it's about the person. It feels very about you and the relationship and how you feel about that person. So yeah. it totally makes sense to me if somebody felt disrespected if I or someone else was late. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's a million things that can happen. We've all been late. It's hard to put a judgment on someone's actions when it it doesn't necessarily mean. Yes. Maybe when it becomes a habit, I think that's a bigger thing to look at. Yeah. So I got trust stuck in, there's a car accident on the 405. Yeah. That shit happens all the time. And I was a little bit later to a Dodger game. Things happen, right? Yes. And that's a very crucial distinction that we don't need to establish boundaries until they're repeated. Yeah. Someone that's habitually late. When, when we detect like accidents and, and one-off kind of situations where we just are surprised that that happened one time. Yeah. But it's uncharacteristic. That would especially mean that it's unique. That's a better way of clarifying that. If it's uncharacteristic, if it's outside the person's character to do something over and over again, yeah, it's, it's easier to, to forgive them. We go back into forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But if someone is making a habit about being late for you all the time or not following through or you can't count on them, I can think of a friend in my mind that, you know, you ask them to get back to you at a certain time and then they never do and you have to follow up with them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you even care about me? But that's what I'm saying right there is you may need to set the boundary, but we can't go attach the meaning. Do they care about me? Right? Isn't that what we said? That you can't attach meaning to people's actions? 
Isn't this part of making boundaries though, is saying, but you're making the me, you're giving me that meaning. That's my boundary. When you're constantly late for me, it makes me feel like you don't care about me. What Taylor's saying, I think, is that it doesn't matter why you can't meet my boundary, but that doesn't invalidate it. Right. So you can be late to tomorrow because the 405 and you can be late because you had a car accident and you can be late because you were unorganized a different day. But if you keep consistently being late, it doesn't actually matter to me why I need you to be on time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Cause you were saying, don't think that they're inconsiderate. And that resonated with me was that I attach judgment and a meaning to someone's behavior mm -hmm. when it doesn't actually matter because what the boundary, what we're doing is what I need versus what you did. And it meant something to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're doing like what we did with forgiveness where it's all about you internally. Yeah. It's not about the other person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like with this, you're saying it doesn't really matter towards me that you're being disrespectful. I'm just telling you, I feel disrespected. Yeah. So let's go back to my example where the friend comes by. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I'm trying to work from home, especially now in these times, I've been working a lot from home. It doesn't work for me to have a conversation in the middle of that work day. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that dropping by is bad. It's just bad for me. A lot of times we focus incorrectly on the boundary violation and say they're inconsiderate they don't think about me. They think about themselves. We just spend too much time in that category yeah. mm -hmm. where the reality is they probably were coming over because they want to have a relationship with you and talk to you. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing maybe, but we'd characterize it as inconsiderate or we characterize it as negative. And the comment is it's just negative for me. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. It's not a bad behavior necessarily. And people have different expectations. And so what I need to do, though, in that situation is figure out a way to say to that person that it doesn't work for me. And they could have a hundred reasons why they're coming over, but none of them matter to me. That's a good distinction. It's sort of separating even putting that on a person. Yeah. Well, using your example with a friend, instead of talking to a friend who's just trying to do something that they think is normal and nice or whatever and saying, you're inconsiderate. It's like pointing the finger. Mm -hmm. like, you are all these things versus I'm actually just telling you what I need. What you said earlier, again, in the intro was that boundaries are not about blaming, mm -hmm. but more about responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it's not about pointing the finger at someone and saying, you need to stop that behavior because it's just bad. Mm -hmm. But it's really just, they could do that to person B, and that person doesn't care. Mm -hmm. But for me, I can't do it. I can't process the interruption in my day. It's all, it's all it is. Like, you know, I still love you and we're still friends, but right. I need you to not come over nine to five, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We could translate it then to a different category and say, what about physical touch? Where some friend is maybe touchier with you than you want. And it doesn't mean that being touchy is bad. Too many times, I think people categorize people and say, oh, they're just one of those bad touchy people or they're this or that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And they char characterize people that way. They are not bad. They are just engaging in behavior that's bad for you. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. Usually we don't think about the end of that, which is what's good for me without casting shade on all those other people in the world and thinking everyone is out to get me. Yeah. And nobody wants to do it my way. Instead of all of those things, we say, no, it's really about what's good for you. If you don't understand your needs, then you're going to think in that the opposite of, of that thought process. It's like if you were holding like something in each hand, if you don't understand yourself, you're going to go with the hand that always says, 
these people are crazy. They're always inconsiderate. They're disrespectful. Versus if you know yourself, then you reach to the other hand and go, I can't have that in my space. Like This mm-hmm. is something I know I need or I don't want. Mm-hmm. It helps other people treat us better. Yes. In boundaries, we said we don't have to give our why. Mm-hmm. But say we get good at setting boundaries. We understand why we need them for ourselves. We've said, this is what works for me. Like, Would you be able to respect that? Would it be beneficial then to go to the next step and hear their why? Or does that just kind of blur things and undermine your boundary? Why do you want to know their why? Because maybe it's from a good place and they're saying, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to be a better friend to you. And that's how I receive love is by touching you. And I will absolutely respect your boundary, Mm -hmm. but that's where I was coming from out of a good loving place. And then you'd be like, thank you for sharing that. I don't receive it that way. That doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate that you wanted to love me in an extra way. I like that. If you're close with him, it gives him an opportunity. You're shaking your head a hard no right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about like deepening relationships and like going the next step. Would it be beneficial? I'm skeptical. You're skeptical. Okay. I'm skeptical because... I'm worried that you're going to get talked out of your boundary. That's what I'm worried about. So I'm worried about you saying, oh, tell me why it's not a boundary for you or why you can walk all over me in this way. And when I understand it, then I'll say, yeah, you can walk all over me. I know that's an extreme way of saying it, Mm -hmm. but my concern is that opens the talk you out of it door. And I'm worried about that. That's probably why I liked it because I told you I struggled with that. So (laughs) great. The thing is that people have a lot of why they're late, why they're whatever. And let's say you have an employee consistently late and you say to that employee, you need to be on time. That's a requirement for the job. It's not acceptable to be late. And you put that boundary down. They can keep telling you all their whys, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Then figure out how your whys need to be reorganized. Right. And I know the comment that everyone would make would be, oh, we should collaborate and do a new work schedule. But I'm not talking about that kind of environment. Yeah. For example, I teach at a university and classes start at that time. They don't start later. There isn't a plan to negotiate that. Mm -hmm. Just like planes take off at certain times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm certain that you have some people that would like you to hold the plane for them. Oh, yeah. But that's not actually realistic living. Mm -hmm. So many of these communication beasts that we're tackling so root back to the message received is the one that counts. That's why it's our number one episode. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You may have intended all the good things, but what counts is what's happening in my space right now, Mm -hmm. which is we start at eight, we start at eight. The flight departs at 10, the flight departs at 10. I don't want you to touch me all the time. (laughs) Stop touching me. (laughs) Yeah. I love the idea that we want to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. The only thing we want to remember is that fourth myth we talked about in the last episode my boundaries are not up for discussion mm-hmm. in the sense that you'll be able to tell me whether they're valid or not. Right. We just don't want to give people that kind of power, especially people in our lives that are very boundaryless. They are happily ready to take over our boundaries. You might be listening to this saying, I don't stand up for myself a lot. If you have a lot of discussions, instead of setting boundaries, you're setting yourself up for being talked out of those boundaries, I think. Right. So let's talk about saying no. We have to create the boundaries. And we're going to talk about this, of course, again, in our next episode, we'll talk about managing difficult people. Mm -hmm. 
La Perla says, create the boundary and think through your why, not their why. Yeah. Figure out, is this something I actually care about or not? Because sometimes people just start creating boundaries and they don't really need them. Other times people don't do any of that work and don't think about what their needs are. And look at the data you're seeing. Are things making you feel a certain way? Are you feeling overwhelmed or exhausted, whatever? And that'll kind of help you get there and think about, okay, what needs to happen? Now, the next one is the big one for saying no, which is stating the boundary. Having at least two parts to the boundary that you're laying out. The advice is to write this down or to practice it orally. I know that seems funny to practice it aloud. No, I like it. I practice saying lots of things aloud because it works. And I would offer two component parts at least to the setting of a boundary, what you're not able to have and what you need. So I'm not able to have unexpected conversations during work hours, and I need you to only come by on the weekends. Okay. And then by stating it, we're saying what we need and what we won't allow. We won't allow. This doesn't work for me. This is what I need. It doesn't work for me when you return my clothes with food stains on them. I need you to wash them before returning them Mm -hmm. or a different category. It doesn't work for me to come over to help you. And then you make me wait, wasting a lot of my time. I need you to be ready to work with me when I come over. I really like this because you're offering to repair the relationship at the same time. Yeah. If we just leave it at that thing you're doing doesn't work for me. And then that person is left with like, okay, so don't do that anymore. Right. If you don't care to continue that relationship or develop it or let it grow, which is sort of why we're all here. Yeah. Well, then what's the point after that? Mm-hmm. I know that that's not what I need. If you want to be in a relationship with me, here's how to replace that thing. Right. And we had observed in our last episode saying boundaries are for keeping people in your lives, not out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a way to get them on board. Yeah. It's like an invitation. I like it. That goes back to creating, which is you have to think through what that is. I think that sounds hard to me because you'd have to really understand yourself and your needs. And a lot of times I don't know what my needs are. That's, I think, normal, (laughs) Taylor. Oh my God, finally. So she's not perfect. Come on. (laughs) No, I think it's normal. Too many times people get exasperated, they get exhausted, they get overwhelmed, and then they just yell, don't touch me. Hmm. Or don't take my stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't use my car. And the problem is that you skip step one to think through the why you need that thing. And then you've botched step two because you've just yelled your boundary instead of stating it. (laughs) It doesn't say yell. It says state. Don't plead. It doesn't say that either. And then you failed to say what you need. Hmm. That is rough. The word overwhelmed, I hear it. And it's like, I can instantly feel what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Like just that feeling of cracking. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the point where you've passed your understanding of yourself because you're overwhelmed or you've, there's so many boundaries that have been crossed, it's hard to come back into a healthy place with someone and tell them what your boundary is and to state what you need because you're already, you're capped, right? Yeah. Maxed out. You've got to go back though, not to the state. You've got to go back to create, go back all the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going to overdo my response. I'm going to think about what I need first and analyze why I need that thing. Then figure out how to say it, plan it, write it down, say it aloud, then go to the person calmly and state it versus yell or plead. Mm -hmm. 
the other thing we're observing is boundaries don't appear to be well executed in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you said we have to be proactive, which if we're feeling overwhelmed and kind of all our boundaries are violated or that we're needing them, it's hard to be in a proactive state then and do mm. this preemptively. Very hard. Yeah. If I have one friend who likes to stick me with the dinner bill or at least over order. She likes to order the champagne, <laughs> you know, and all the fancier things and then say, hey, do you want to just split the bill? But I had a side salad. Oh, no. I don't get that. I have had relationships with people like that. It is so bizarre. The thing that you do proactively there is you sit down knowing you're facing this potential recurring pattern and you say, can we have separate checks to the server Yeah, before you even start the meal? And that comes from stating what you need. Mm -hmm. I need us to have separate checks. Now, my friend drinking champagne and me not having any champagne might not like that. That's a really, really good example. Earlier said that I don't really feel resentment. I've had times in my life where I've had that happen and I feel like a little bit of that I don't know if it's full resentment, but it's just that gross, icky yeah. feeling inside. Like you made me do this thing. Yeah. And I don't have a choice. And then they'll say, we're good with that, right? It's fine, right? Hmm. Sometimes you get social pressure. Additionally, being the only one that says you don't want to do it that way. Hmm. Proactive means deciding it before you go. Or when you sit down, articulating that to the people who are creating the bill. Now, thankfully, in Europe, they pretty much automatically do that. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Create, state, and then maintain. Understand my needs. By doing that, you create, you state, you maintain. Mm -hmm. Create, state, maintain. I feel like that's my mantra this week. Create, state, maintain. I know it sounds silly, but seriously, like, yeah. I feel like especially this last year, have people not felt overwhelmed in their jobs or mm -hmm. in their personal life or home life? If I, like, repeat that, like, a mantra in my head it will force me to slow down and not get to that cracked point. Mm -hmm. And it will teach me to maintain because the maintaining is the hard, hardest, I think, for me. Yeah. Well, that's our next episode is actually going to dive into that and talk about maintaining those boundaries, which we'll cover a little bit here, which is simply having conviction when you say them and not backtracking. Ooh. When we talk about managing difficult people, that becomes harder. And we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. When you said, don't undermine it, well, you know, if on occasion or it's okay, every once in a while, you know, you don't want to be really rigid, but then that's why you don't have any boundaries yeah. or they feel like they don't need to respect. Girl, that's me. Yeah. And <laughs> that's my problem. Yeah. Well, we can split the bill this time, but now we can't next time. Yeah. Or we could occasionally do it, but then nobody knows when the boundaries in place or not. That's what that kind of does. Mm -hmm. And it sets you up for failure. Yeah. So it's like, do you mean it? Do you not mean it? Totally goes back to boundaries actually helping other people treat you better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which to me in itself just is a hard statement to say, I need to tell you how to treat me. I need to communicate with you on how I want to be treated. And that's hard for mm -hmm. me to kind of wrap my head around. So let's talk some TC4Gs here. And as you're listening to this podcast today, this is a big area to think about challenging yourself whether that's challenging yourself to lay down a boundary with a person or in a category or simply spending some time thinking about your needs. Yeah, that's going to be mine is understanding my needs. I, I think it'll be a fun look at myself and let me reevaluate what's working for me, what's not working for me, and mm -hmm. what can I change about that? And then the one that really stuck out to me was not 
you know, thinking someone's inconsiderate because they're violating a boundary. Maybe I haven't even spoken or attaching any kind of meaning or judgment to someone's actions and just ignoring that and just saying, this is what works for me and this is what doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think mine is going to be to build upon my own Mm self-trust because I really don't like that saying that you said, which is that whatever you put up with, you'll have. And I feel like I put up with a lot and it makes me not trust myself. And I don't, it's a, it's an unsettling feeling Mm -hmm. to be in your own skin and not trusting you. Yeah. That's going to be a challenge for me is to just build upon my own self-trust. And I think doing that is going to be keeping the mantra of create, state, maintain. Mm -hmm. I like both of those ideas. For me, I was thinking more broadly saying, I think it's, it's probably time to do a boundary check, like a checkup and say, okay, boundary checkup means time to think through the different things that are going on and are they in place? And that might also mean getting rid of boundaries that are no longer needed. Hmm. Hmm. For me, I think the boundary checkup, just thinking through the boundaries and and taking inventory. Oh, I was wondering if that involved a conversation of saying like, oh, by the way, I'm lifting this boundary. Oh, I think you'd have to state it. Yeah. I think if you don't state it, then you're telegraphing to people that you don't manage your boundaries and mean them. Mm. (laughs) If you had one that you firmly stated and then suddenly now it's off and I just let it slide, I'm indicating that things slide. Mm. Ah, I don't like that. (laughs) Yes, I get that. And it shows the importance of all three steps in setting a boundary to state, create, and maintain. And while boundaries take some work, it is worth it to get the structure in place to help our relationships thrive. Our next episode is about managing those individuals who resist our boundaries. We hope you'll listen in. As always, please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.